Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. What a win, right? Who saw that coming? Who saw that game coming? My gosh. I mean, I I never, ever tweet during a football game, but at halftime, I even had to send out a tweet that said the five biggest upsets in the NFL this season were five us beating the Redskins, four us beating the Jets, three us beating um, the Bears, two us beating the Bills, and one us beating Green Bay. I mean, after that first half, this team looked like the worst team, not just in the NFL, maybe the worst team of all time. It was so bad. It was so dreadful watching that first half. That was one of the lowest moments in terms of being an Eagles fan. I mean, it just, hope didn't exist. You couldn't believe what you were watching because if you were watching the game, you knew that the Giants were just, they were horrible. And they were kicking our ass. And they weren't even doing anything to do it. They ran two go routes to get their points. That was it. We busted one coverage. Couldn't do anything on offense. Making Eli Manning, who hadn't played football in over two and a half months, look like Peyton Manning. But what are the five reasons why we were able to somehow (laughs) come back and save the season? Well, Start with the defense. Jim Schwartz, he made defensive adjustments. It was incredible. Finally, Jim Schwartz opened his eyes and made adjustments. And what do I mean? So if you remember last week when Devontae Parker just kept beating us and beating us and beating us because he kept putting the corners on an island, on an island, on an island, and not helping them with those two guys you call safeties, in the second half, he started playing more cover too. And what's cover two? Yes, there's the cover two zone and there's cover two man. And he was playing cover two man, which means he was leaving the two safeties out there to take away the deep passing game. And I get it. I know why he didn't want to do that in the first half because their best player is Saquon Barkley. So you want a safety up because you want a safety covering Saquon Barkley. If you have a linebacker covering Saquon Barkley, he's going to just destroy you. So, yes, I understand, but eventually he had to pick his poison. He made the right adjustments. The Giants did not move the ball at all in that second half. I think they had 29 total yards. I, I, and I get it. You could tell me, well, the Giants are terrible. They have two wins. Well, guess what? I get it, but that's still an NFL team. They could not move the ball. They literally did not threaten to score in the entire second half. I give Jim Schwartz a lot of credit. We played that game without Derek Barnett. Yeah, and I'm not the biggest Derek Barnett fan, but Vinny Curry had two sacks. That's nice to see. I get it. And they weren't they weren't the best sacks. And I know that the line for the Giants isn't the best, but still, he had two sacks. Brandon Graham was all over the field in the second half. He was great. And they needed to help Fletcher Cox out because New York did do one thing really smart on offense. They said, we are not going to let Fletcher Cox ruin this game. And they doubled and tripled him, yes, tripled him, a majority of that game. And it was the right move. That's what you do. When you know there's somebody on the other team who could absolutely ruin you, you take him out of the game. The Eagles did not do that last week with Devontae Parker. 
they were not doing it for the first half for with Darius Slayton, of all people, who, mind you, was picked five picks after Clayton Thorson. Yes, Clayton Thorson, you know, the guy we cut after the preseason. Well, the Giants picked uh, Darius Slayton five picks after him. Yes, that's great drafting. But regardless, it was it was just so great to see this team make adjustments. Um, how about Sidney Jones? How about this? Okay, so Sidney Jones is a zero. He's been a zero. Um, but finally, he gets thrown into the game there because Mills got hurt and then Douglas got hurt. And, you know, it, this is arguably one of the biggest plays of the season. It's third and three. If New York kicks a field goal, they're going to win the game here on this last drive. And Eli Manning's no, he's, listen, say what you want about him, he ain't stupid. He saw 22 come on the field and his eyes got wide. He knew right where he was going. And he knew where he was going to play and they put Slayton down there because he's their best receiver. And, and you know, he ran a slant and Jones made a hell of a play. Say what you want about him. I've said a lot. I was very critical of him. To come in off the bench cold in that moment and make that play, I think that's the, the, the guy the Eagles want, obviously. That's, that's what they saw maybe when they were drafting him. It's a shame he just doesn't have, I don't know what it is that causes him not to put it together on the football field uh, consistently. I mean, that was such a great play in a big moment. Um, Do I think he's going to get snaps going forward? No. One play, I mean, look at Craig James made an unbelievable play in the Packers game. We're not advocating he starts. I, I mean, you need to see more and more. And you know what? Hey, maybe we can, you know, Start beating maybe the Redskins next week. Maybe we're beating them up a little bit. You can get Sidney Jones on the field and see what you got a little bit more with him. I mean, hey, maybe if things go our way and Dallas loses next week, we win and then we beat the Cowboys. The last game of the season doesn't count. And you could have Sidney Jones play against the Giants and maybe you'll learn a little bit more what he's got. I mean, maybe it was a confidence issue, but I mean, it, it was great to see him finally step in when we need him and make a play. Um... Fourth reason why we won. How about J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward? They were doing this crazy thing last night. I know I was shocked seeing it. They were actually catching balls. And I know, I know, Greg Ward dropped the one. That was a touchdown. Um, But remember, it was raining last night. And this was like the one night where I actually expected drops. And you could actually make a case to, you know, understand why the guys were dropping the football. But that was it. I think Dallas Goddard had a drop. But, I mean, really, for drops, that was it. And, and and to call that a drop, I mean, Ward believes the ball was tipped, and maybe it was. I saw the replay. It was, it was you know, very, very close. But, again, if it was even a fraction tipped, I mean, that could throw you off. It was, a, it, And that was a great throw from Wentz, an unbelievable throw. It's a 40-yard pass. But if that's the one play in the game we're talking about, when we had J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward be our wide receivers for literally a majority of the entire night as the only two wide receivers on the team. That's that's more than you could have asked. I mean, really, this could have been a disaster. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside the last two weeks has just, you know, he, I know he doesn't have the catches, but he had a touchdown last week, and, and he made one unbelievable catch in this game. I know he was held on the play, but, I mean, Carson threw the ball up there. It was a great throw, and... and JJ did this thing that Nelson Aguilar does not have the ability to do, and that's called track the football. And he made an unbelievable catch. 
And then Greg Ward, by the way, when Greg Ward runs routes, you could see Carson Wentz feels comfortable throwing the ball to Greg Ward. And I know I had to hear a lot of it today. Oh, man, thank God. Let's get guys around Wentz that are going to be here to help him and all that stuff. Like trying to take shots essentially at Jeffrey. Listen, Jeffrey is without any question or doubt the best receiver on this team. And it's not even close. But in regards to Nelson Aguilar, because I, I get it. I see the, the, the looks Aguilar gives Wentz. And Aguilar is the last person who should be looking at anybody sideways. I don't know how we go forward not playing Greg Ward over Nelson Aguilar. I know Nelson Aguilar is going to have to play now due to what's happened with the injuries on this team. But even then, he, in my opinion, is the third guy. And depending on what we do at wide receiver here going forward, uh, Nelson Aguilar is the first guy that, in my opinion comes out of the rotation if need be. Sorry. I am sorry. What I saw in that last quarter and a half of that game, he has nothing to hold over anybody right now. The team actually looked like a football team last night. They were playing as one. It was incredible and it was fun to watch. Now the third reason why we won, how about speaking of pass catchers, Zach Ertz. Go figure comes off the worst game I had ever seen him play against Miami. And I knew it going into this game. I said, Zach Ertz is going to be one of two players I think that has a big, big night. Nine catches, two touchdowns. I believe he had 91 yards. Probably could have had 150 yards. If, you know, I think he's hurt. I I know he had the hamstring issue earlier this year. I, I think it's still bothering him because when he caught that ball in the open field on that broken play and he, you know, did the juke first when there was no defender really even there yet, and then the next play, he got run down on a play where he should have walked into the end zone. He just doesn't have his speed with him. Not that he was ever a burner, but I mean, he looks incredibly slow right now. I think that hamstring's really bothering him. But I mean, the touchdown catch he had to, to send this game to overtime, I mean, that Wentz had to throw that on a rope. And like I said, it was pouring rain. Caught it with his hands, no problem. And then the touchdown to win the game. I mean, I'm sitting in my... Uh, you know, watching the game there, and I'm begging, I'm screaming for the play for them to run. And it's this play where they've run it a lot. They run it all the time near the goal line, where they put the, you know, Ertz in a bunch, and he runs one of those out and ups. You know, he takes a step right, or two steps right, and it's a quick slant in. And it works, and he gets open quick. And this time here, it it just completely busted, because the Giants, like I said, they are a horrible defense. And I was screaming for that play, and I guess, like, Maybe Peterson felt that the Giants may have scouted it because, again, like I said, I'm calling for a play because I've seen us run it a million times. So you'd assume that the Giants, if they're watching any of our film, know that that's a play we can run. And Peterson did something really smart here. He had Ertz motion into the play. And again, this was coming off a timeout where we weren't even going to run this play. Thank God he called timeout. He had Ertz motion into the set. And when he motioned in, he was wide freaking open and we won the football game. Very encouraging from Zach Ertz, and I know he's not 100%, but for him to step up, especially in a game when we absolutely needed him, the season on the line, it was very good to see. You know, you get scared because you don't know if this is the fall of Zach Ertz, and you see his numbers on the season, and you're like, wow, he's actually having a really good year statistically. It's just not the year he had last year because last year he broke records. So is he falling? Is he decreasing in talent? I don't think so. I think he's more or less this season. What you're seeing is maybe he's a little bit more hurt than he was last year. But my gosh. And, and, and you know what? 
to talk about da- uh, Zach Ertz, it's like, you know, you have Dallas Goddard there. And listen, I get it. I thought Dallas Goddard was going to be the best tight end in the NFL. I thought he had that type of potential. I thought this guy was Gronkowski, but, you know, he, he could even be better than him because he had speed. He was a better athlete. No. I mean, he, he's regressed. He He has been a disappointment this year. He had a drop again last night. I know he had a couple of nice catches, but I mean, he's fumbled the ball a lot this year. He's dropped a lot of passes. You know, Dallas Goddard has not become what I thought he was going to become. Now, can that change? Of course it could change. Do we need it to change? Yes. Was he hurt to start the year? Yes. Do I think that might have lingered into the season and caused, you know, maybe a little bit of what we're seeing? Sure. But I mean, three games left. You saw Zach Ertz last night. Zach Ertz is not 100%. And he put one together for us. That's what we need out of Dallas Goddard. Especially now with who's hurt. Um, Second reason why we won. Boston freaking Scott, man. What a game from Boston Scott. And don't let yourself be fooled into thinking Doug Peterson had anything to do with this. Um, Boston Scott was not at the game plan. That's evident. You know how I know? Because he didn't play in the first half. This was not a guy that we expected to help us tonight. What happened was Miles Sanders got cramps. Um, they put Jay Ajayi in there for a couple plays. You know, it, here's the thing with Jay Ajayi. He's just, he's, he has no speed right now. You, you could see, you know, he got hurt at the end of last year. He's just, it, it's not, I don't know if he's not in football shape, but he just has no burst when he gets the football right now. Can that change? Yeah, I guess. Hopefully. I mean, remember, he's coming off a blown out knee. This is a guy who had knee issues. But Boston Scott, I mean, I was at the New England game, and I get it. He got a lot of criticism in that New England game. And, you know, is it just maybe? I guess, yeah. I mean, he fumbled the ball. You know, I know he missed the hole a couple times, but this was the first real action in the NFL for him. I mean, outside of returning kicks and, you know, a couple plays in the Buffalo game, Boston Scott, this was it. This was like his debut, that New England game. And because he didn't play the perfect game, people wanted to quit on Boston Scott. And Doug did. Don't let him fool you. He did because guess what? He didn't play really against Seattle. He didn't play against uh, really against Miami. So they did quit on him after one thing, after one game, really. You know, we're getting like I said about Greg Ward. I mean, I'm bu- yeah, I'm bummed out that he dropped that could have been touchdown pass. It's first real action. I know he had you know some snaps in the Seahawks game, but this was the first time that Greg Ward was like the primary guy that was going to play over seventy five percent of the snaps. You have to expect that from guys that are making debuts. I mean, you have no choice. It happened with Arthega Whiteside. I mean, yeah, I got on him because in the Atlanta game, clearly he didn't know where to line up. He caused an interception. He did nothing in that game. He dropped what would have been the winning touchdown against Detroit. He's making his debut, and you could see he's still on the field how many times where I think Whiteside was lining up on the wrong side. Um, I just, I'm hoping that catch he had tonight maybe gives him some confidence because you could see he's overthinking everything out there, and I think that's what's caused him problems. But when he just started freeing up, and it looked like in the fourth quarter, Carson freed him all up, and you saw what these guys can do. But Boston Scott, man. You know what he had on this team that I had not seen all season? I hadn't seen since week one. He provided an element of speed. He was actually faster than the guys that were defending him. I know. That's like 
impossible to believe in an Eagles game that there were guys that were on our team that were running faster than on the other team. But this guy was doing that. He was quick and he had speed. He actually reminded me of this guy who used to play for the Eagles. He was an unbelievable football player. His name is Darren Sproles. And I, I know that was the comparison made to him early in the offseason here because, you know, if you remember, I mean, people people forget, but Boston Scott was a big name in the OTAs. He was a big, big name. Doug Peterson was talking a lot about Boston Scott. And then all of a sudden we got to training camp and it was like, all right, Boston Scott is not what we thought, I guess, because he's not getting all these reps. We had signed Darren Sproles. It looked like Corey Clement had jumped over him again. And... and you know, here's one thing with the Eagles. They're always going to err on the side of what they know versus what they don't. And Corey Clement, hey man, Corey Clement was an incredible football player for us two years ago. I mean, he, he was unbelievable in the Super Bowl. So I, I could see where maybe the Eagles feel a little bit more comfortable. And they could trust Corey Clement a little bit more. But they brought back Darren Sproles because again, remember, the team was trying to win the championship this season. That's what that move was for. But at the end of the preseason, you know, we cut Boston Scott. We were incredibly lucky to get him back on our practice squad. You know, he was with New Orleans. We got him off of the Saints practice squad. So, you know, when you cut him free, New Orleans could have put him on their practice squad. The Eagles smart enough to offer him a big contract to play on our practice squad. It was more than what they're supposed to, or the, the you know, the standard practice squad offer. But, you know, we wanted him as a priority. I mean, the Eagles were still enough encouraged with him, enough from what they saw during OTAs and the limited action he got in the preseason to say, you know, just in case we need this guy, we want to keep him around. We want to keep him in the building. Thank goodness they did because this guy looks like he could be a player. I mean, come on, he has 10 carries last night, 59 yards, 6 catches, 69 yards, all in the second half. I mean, Boston Scott essentially saved the season. He was the spark plug. And you better believe he better be more involved in the game plan going forward here. Like I said, he has speed. You know, you could use him and Sanders. These two guys can definitely be weapons out there. Because you got to remember this. Even if Jordan Howard does come back, Jordan Howard is is dealing with a nerve issue. And when you're dealing with the nerve issue, you ain't lifting weights. I mean, I don't know what, what his training could be. I don't know what's going on with Jordan Howard because they won't tell you. But my guess is he's not being able, he's not able to train a lot right now. So you're going to need somebody like Boston Scott, especially. I mean, we got three games here to get in the playoffs. We need him. It was great because he actually gave us this thing on on offense called hope. He's a guy that gives us a little bit of hope. He provides an element that we did not have. Now, if you want to go into the main reason we won the football game. I mean, this is going to be no shocker to anybody. It was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz won the football game. Now, it's funny because a year ago, Carson Wentz played the three worst quarters I had ever seen him play. Literally, a year ago, almost to the exact day, when we played Dallas in Dallas, Carson Wentz was horrible for three quarters. And then he decided and proceeded to play the best fourth quarter I had ever seen him play. Last night was different. Because, all right, in the Dallas game, 
I, I understood like, you know, we were dealing with injuries, but not to that level of what we were dealing with last night. Like, come on, we're down to two wide receivers, and I get it. We're playing the Giants. They were not as good as the Cowboys were last year. And yes, the game was at home. It wasn't on the road. But I mean, the season legitimately was ending if you lost last night. And I know that was the belief last year with the Cowboys game. But you knew there was still this off chance you can get a wild card berth last year if you lost that Cowboys game. Because guess what? The Eagles got a wild card berth. I knew it was like a hard pass because you were going to have to beat the Rams, Texans, and Redskins to get it, and you would need the Vikings to lose, and guess what? Stuff happened, and it worked. But this one here, the only way in is through the division. And if you lost last night to the Giants, really, the Redskins are a win away. Or the the Redskins, the Cowboys are a win away in the division's theirs. It would almost be where they don't even have to beat the Eagles if they win next week. It was... It was an incredible, incredible, incredible fourth quarter from Carson Wentz. And you know what happened? You know what I noticed with him? He started playing football again. Carson Wentz, for three quarters, it looked like he was just trying. He thought he had to play this perfect football game. Once Jeffrey got hurt, you know what I mean? Once Lane Johnson got hurt, he feels, you know, I got to put it all on my back. I have to do what I have to. I have to. And he's hearing the people boo, and rightfully so. We were horrible. We couldn't move the ball for three quarters against the worst defense in the NFL. And then finally, it looked like Boston Scott came in the game. He started igniting, making some plays. And all of a sudden, Carson Wentz started saying, you know what? What am I doing here? It looked like he said, I'm done trying to be perfect. And now I could just play football. I got to trust the guys on the field. They are NFL football players. You could say what you want. I get it. Maybe they're not the best NFL football players, but they are professional football players. Let's just go with what we got. And he did it. He did it. I, I I mean, like I said, it was it was the best fourth quarter I had ever seen him play. And then he proceeded in overtime to get the ball and win the game. And remember last year in Dallas when he played that great fourth quarter, we never got the ball in overtime. Prescott got the football and, and took them down the field and the Cowboys won with a touchdown. This time in this game, we got the football, and Wentz took us down the field. And, I mean, really, Arthega Whiteside cramped up on this last drive. He had to come out. We literally had down to one receiver. Josh Perkins was playing wide receiver. Josh McCown was potentially going to go in at wide receiver. That's how bad it was. And he said, no, we're winning this football game right now. Let me tell you this. I've been begging to see Carson Wentz from 2017. I I didn't know if he existed anymore. I mean, it's just been so rare that we saw him. I mean, you saw him a couple times last season. And in the, uh, the first game he played against the Colts, I thought in that first quarter, that was Carson Wentz. And then, you know what? I really didn't see much of him again until that fourth quarter against the Cowboys where you're like, there he is. And then all of a sudden he was out for the year. And this year, I saw him week one against the Redskins. But again, we were playing with Deshaun. You're playing with Alshon. You're playing with Zach Ertelty. You're playing with a full offensive line. Everything was there. You know, you had your running backs. You, you had everything. Here he's playing with, like I said, guys off the practice squad. Guys that did not make this team at the start of the season. In a must-win situation. I don't care. You can tell me who they're playing or not. And It was a driving rainstorm. He was incredible. 
he started playing football again. That is the guy. I get it. Like there, there's this whole thing in Philadelphia. You got the Wentz guys and the the the, the, the not Wentz guys. And first of all, if you're a fan of the Eagles and you're not a Wentz guy, well, you're an idiot because that makes no sense. Because then you're not a fan of the team. You could be critical though. I mean, I I do understand people being critical of Carson Wentz. That was justified. If you thought he should have came out of that game last night, you're absolutely justified in believing that. Those were terrible three quarters. We had three points against the worst team in the NFL. Yes, him coming out of the football game could have saved the season. Remember, I'm telling you, if you lose the game, it's over. I mean, the goal is to make the playoffs. You can't just, you know, be so self-reliant on one guy that no matter what he does, he's above coming out. If Peterson had pulled Carson Wentz, nobody could have batted in an eye. Because this wasn't the first game where Carson Wentz had looked bad. He'd been looking bad essentially for over two months. Like bad, bad. But in that fourth quarter, that was the guy that all the pro Wentz people believe he is. It's the guy he can be. And I understand why the pro Wentz people, you know, believe in that because they see this stuff and they know that's what he has in him. Listen, Carson Wentz can be an elite football player. Is he an elite football player right now? No. He's too inconsistent. That's been his problem. But he has these glimpses. He still has these moments. And now last night was the first time where he didn't just have a moment. He had an extended moment. It was the first time since week one where Carson Wentz put it together and he kept it together for multiple possessions in a row. He was the best player on the football field for the entire fourth quarter in overtime. That's what we need. If we're going to win football games here, if we're going to make the playoffs, if this team's going to make any type of run, that's what we need. We need Carson Wentz to not, but it can't be just for one quarter and a half. He's going to have to be the best football player on the field for the entirety of these games, especially come the Dallas game. And then if you get by them and you make the playoffs, no doubt in the playoffs. Yes, thumbs up to him. Finally, he was clutch. This whole winning a game, bringing the team back thing, it could finally be put to rest. He's done it. I just hope he plays free, free in his mind. Because when he plays free in his mind, he is a pretty damn good football player. Now, I do want to talk about some negatives from this game. And it's not really, it has nothing to do with the players because they played with heart last night. The heart on that team was incredible. That team did not quit at all. They could have quit. They could have quit numerous times. Halftime, they probably should have quit. I thought they were going to quit. The, I thought that, that the city was going to quit the team. They didn't quit. But let me ask you this the general manager allowed this team, because remember, I know. People think Doug Peterson controls the 53-man roster. He doesn't. That's Howie Roseman. He allowed this team to go into a football game with three active wide receivers. One of which has been hurt a majority of the season. And by the way, for four days, everybody knew it was going to rain during the game. The guy who's been hurt a majority of the season has had ankle and calf issues. And guess what? 
we lost our best wide receiver a quarter into the football game. Alshon Jeffrey's season is over. We lost a game this year to the Atlanta Falcons because we were not prepared to, to handle the injuries that happened pregame. We went into that game with two tight ends, only two tight ends. And by the way, that's all we have right now is two tight ends. So think about that. Like, you know what I mean? We have two tight ends and we, we had to bring up Josh Perkins because last week they were worried about um, Zach Ertz playing because like I said, he's been hurt. But really for a majority of the season, we played with two tight ends after it burned us in the Atlanta game. So we didn't learn our lesson. The only reason we even had a third tight end was because Ertz was questionable to play last week. We go into this game with three wide receivers. Um, one is a rookie, and the other one, like I said, had not played extended NFL action ever. He's been out of college four years. And Alshon Jeffrey. Aguilar didn't practice all week. They could say all day, well, well we were hopeful he was going to play. But he didn't. He didn't even practice all week. So that makes me wonder, like, what are you hearing from the medical staff? And then I got to hear, well, Josh Perkins is cross-trained to play both positions. Like, Josh Perkins sucks. No offense to him. I know he had a nice catch in in the fourth quarter there. But I mean, come on. Josh Perkins? I'm supposed to feel comfortable in a must-win game because Josh Perkins could play tight end and wide receiver? No, I, we need somebody who could play those positions well. And, and, no, and Josh Perkins, playing tight end is, is hard enough for him. Let him focus on being what he is, a tight end. Not a wide receiver. We went into that game with three healthy wide receivers. You know how lucky this team is that that didn't bite them in the ass like it did in Atlanta? <laughs> so now that Jeffrey's done, it's like, what's the answer? Well, you know, I, I wanted to wait till today to record this because I wanted to see what the Eagles were going to do because I knew last night Jeffrey's season was over, which it is. I was fearfully blue as Achilles, hearing it's not as Achilles. They still haven't really announced what it is. It's it's something in his foot. Who knows what that can be? Not good. Obviously, going forward next season, that's not good. Um, but the, the, the question out there now is, is well, okay, what are we going to do? Who are we going to bring up? Because you didn't have, you, you, you could have worked some wide receivers out today. They didn't do that. They did not bring anybody in for a workout today, which is freaking baffling. You know what I mean? Even if you're not going to sign anybody, you know, you have this option to bring people in just to see at least what you got out there. Maybe a J.J. Nelson, somebody who could run. I know you're not going to get guys off the street that could probably help you, but I mean, really, you didn't even explore it, and they haven't done that all year. That's a big problem. That's my biggest problem with this idiot at GM, but... If you're looking around, like, for instance, who's going to play? And by the way, you know what I was just thinking about, too? Like, I know this is a little off subject, but remember we traded for Jannard Avery? Where the hell has he been? I, I mean, I know he made a play in the Bears game. I have not even heard Jannard Avery's name since. Like, shouldn't he have been a big part of what happened last night considering Barnett didn't play? We traded a fourth-round pick for this guy. He's not even playing. Whatever. But going back to wide receivers, so who's it going to be? Um, well, let's 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 look at what we got here. I mean, you you got to be thinking, um, you know, Mark and Michelle, right? 
Mark and Michelle is is somebody who played with us in the preseason. You know, you got that kid Davis, the speedster from the Redskins. He was a 2017 pick for there. Um, he's been on our practice squad all season. You got Green. I mean, that's what it's going to be. They're going to bring somebody up from the practice squad. It's just a question, are they bringing up one guy or two? Because is Aguilar going to be able to play next week? I mean, are you relying on him to play next week? You can't go into this Redskins game with, you know, let's say they bring up Davis. With, you know, two practice squad guys, Davis and Ward a rookie in Ortega Whiteside, and a question in Aguilar like you did this week, except instead of Davis, you had Jeffrey at least. Now you're going down to a, a, a raw rookie, essentially a, a guy who's inexperienced in the NFL. I know he's not a rookie, but a very raw talent. No, that can't be what's up. So if Aguilar is even questionable, I mean, I personally think they should be bringing two receivers up anyway. You should have five wide receivers on the team. I don't care about, like I said, don't give me this crap that Josh Perkins is cross-trained. He is a tight end. You need five wide receivers. You don't need 74 defensive backs. I mean, like, Sidney Jones made a play last night. I I, I mean, really. You're going to IR Jeffrey, so it's going to be, what defensive back do you cut so you can bring up another wide receiver? You need to have five. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You cannot risk what you risked last night again because if you do it again, eventually you're going to get burned. You're lucky you played the Giants because if this ever happened against the Cowboys, it don't go that way like it did last night. Howie Roseman just, it just, that's just a failure. That's a failure, an organizational failure. But I got to hear like somebody like Colin Coward today talking about, oh, he trusts it. Like, this is somebody, by the way, a national media member who doesn't follow the Eagles as closely as like, you know, I do. And I have to hear him saying, you know, he trusts, he believes in the structure of the Eagles, like their GM, their owner, and their coach, whatever. The GM is a complete and utter question. Just does stupid. It's like he won the Super Bowl and just thinks, how, what stupid moves can I make? How many stupid moves can I make before I get fired? It's like he's playing that game. I think that's what he's doing. You know, I, I there was things that were discouraging last night. Jason Peters played bad. He was getting killed. He got killed so much that he got Lane Johnson hurt because that's what happened. That's Wentz got hit and he fell into Lane Johnson. Now he's got a high ankle. So what happens at tackle? Who's going to play right tackle because... Hellpoy Vitae, like I said, I don't want to see him play football anymore. He was freaking god-awful last night. Doug's trying to say he played a good game. Yeah, played a good game. Played a real good game. Come on. Like, come on here. I, I know that Peters has talked about the potential of him sliding over and, and playing um, right tackle. Which, you know, hey, good for him. I, I, I give him that. At least he's he's willing to help the team in any way he can. But but really, I mean, you saw what happened when Dillard played it. I mean, he never played. Like, Jason Peters has been a left tackle his entire career. He's going to go on the other side and learn how to play right tackle in less than six days. I mean, I know what they're going to do. Vitae is going to start at right tackle. But they got to have a backup plan there. If it's If it's not... Peters, then it better be Matt Pryor. And I, I, he better be giving them both work this week. I, by the way, I'm looking at snap counts. Um, from what I'm seeing here, you know, Jernard Avery didn't even play last night. He got no snaps. 
what the hell is going on here? Why can't you incorporate this guy? You traded a fourth-round pick for him. He got no snaps last night. I know I keep going back to that because this is just what I'm saying about organizational failure from the Philadelphia Eagles. We made one trade at the deadline. We wanted to get a guy to play this joker role that Joe, uh, Joe Osman was going to play for us before he got hurt. Jordan Avery didn't even play. Derek Barnett's not playing. We couldn't get this guy in the field. He played three snaps against the Bears and he made plays. It's, it's, it's some of the stuff that happens on this team. It just blows your freaking mind. Makes you wonder what the freak is going on here. Oh, no. There it is. Five snaps. Five freaking snaps for Gennard Avery. What was I just looking at there? Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was against the Dolphins. He got five snaps. He did get zero snaps last night. I knew it. I'm like, I didn't see him playing. Organizational failure. Again, it's an organizational failure that the Eagles did not bring anybody in for a workout today, knowing Alshon Jeffrey's season's over. That's an organizational failure. We got guys out here that are willing to do anything they can to win. From top to bottom, this team plays with heart. Everybody out there is playing with heart. It is not a we're going to quit on the team issue. They are playing with heart. Our GM sucks. He's a, he's an absolute disaster. The coach was a complete disaster for three quarters last night. We do nothing innovative on offense whatsoever. Everything is just by the book, standard and boring. He loves running inside zone. That's it. That's our hand. That that's our run game is inside zone, and now he's incorporated some um, you know offside pitch. That he was running last night, completely insane to me how much he was running it considering it was terrible weather. You know when it's wet, the ball gets a little slick. He's pitching the ball. <laughs> I I don't know. It, like I said, at wide receiver, I, I'm assuming Davis and Michelle will be the two wide receivers they bring up. They can't go into this game with three. I wouldn't go in with four, especially if they're going to be those four. If it's going to be, you know, two practice squad guys in Ward and either Davis or Michelle, a rookie in Ortega Whiteside and Aguilar, you want to have five at the very minimum there because then if just, just to have the option to switch guys in and out, have them do what they're comfortable doing. Keep this team as comfortable as it can be. Carson Wentz picked them. That's what I would do. I'd actually have Carson Wentz say, you know, who does he like throwing the ball to out of these guys? They're on the team already. These are practice squad players. They're on the Philadelphia Eagles because you didn't go outside the building to sign anybody. At least, fingers crossed, if I read tomorrow they sign Jordan Matthews, I'm going to absolutely lose my mind. I will absolutely lose my mind if that's what they do. And that's, trust me, do not for a second rule that out, that Jordan Matthews is not brought back in here tomorrow. Holy gosh, that's probably what's going to end up happening, isn't it? They didn't work anybody out today. It's 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 Davis, Michelle, or Jordan Matthews. <sighs> Please. I can't do this anymore. Do I have hope, though, for these next three weeks? You're damn right. Do I want it? Hell yeah, I want it. And that's another thing. Get a read after we win. Oh my God, you barely beat the Giants. It's over. It's over. It's over. Guys, football is four months long. The The offseason is two-thirds of the year. 
And you're cool with it just being over? Hell no, we control our own destiny with three games to go. You think I'm not amped up for that? You think I don't want to win this and get in the playoffs? Oh, well, you're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Says who? Chip in a chair. Giants won a, a world championship at 9-7. and seven. Please. They beat, the, the, they beat one of the greatest teams of all time to win that Super Bowl, by the way. Chip in a chair. This is a Super Bowl caliber team. You know how I know that? Because at the beginning of the year, it was a Super Bowl caliber team. Maybe Deshaun comes back. I'm not quitting. We're going to get a home playoff game here if you win this division. You're going to get a home playoff game. Somebody's going to have to come to your house and beat you there. I mean, last year, this team was done. We went down to New Orleans and we, and we should have won that game. So yeah, I, I, I am eager to see what happens here. I want this to continue. I think we have a shot. If you get in the playoffs, guess what? You have a 1-12 chance of winning the Super Bowl. Just takes getting hot at the right time. What happened when we won the Super Bowl in 2017? Did anybody believe the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl? Outside of the people that followed the team. You know how I know people didn't? Um, We were underdogs in every single game in the playoffs. And we were the home team. That never happens. Nobody believed. And they won a championship. Listen. I'm concerned about Lane Johnson. That's that's number one. It kills me that we lost Alshon Jeffrey. But I'm not quitting. You can't quit. Let's hope we just don't bring Jordan Matthews back. Let's just seriously hope we don't bring Jordan Matthews back. You know, uh, no wrestling quote this week. How about this? Let's go with, with, I'm a big White Sox fan. So how about this? 2005 White Sox, don't stop believing. I am not going to stop believing. Three games, control your own destiny. Sunday, beat the Redskins. Beat Washington. That's all that matters right now. Not Dallas, not anything else. Washington, beat the Redskins. They're playing much better. They kept that game with Green Bay very close. They beat Carolina a couple weeks ago. They got their coach fired. They've been involved in very competitive games here of late. You know, they got the rookie at quarterback. I know Geis isn't going to play. He's on IR. I know Kerrigan's not going to play, which is big. That's huge considering Lane Johnson's not going to play. But I mean, really, we, we saw what happened week one when we played the Redskins, right? You saw it. I mean, that was with our full team. We're down 17 nothing to these guys. And, now that, and that was on the road. Or that was at home. This one's on the road. Nothing's for sure. I mean, really, we, we literally just lost to a two-win team and went to overtime with another two-win team. Nothing is for sure. But here's all you got to have. Get this game, and you literally are playing a game to essentially get in the playoffs. Potentially, or depending on what happens with the Cowboys Rams, because if the Cowboys lose to the Rams, it literally is the game to get in the playoffs. The last game of the season won't mean anything. Beat Washington. Give yourself a chance. Thank you for listening to the new norm.